So this was a pretty fun practice where we create images with tools that we had previously talked ourselves out of using two minutes ago. How did we do? Well, we're going to find out right now. Welcome to the two minute practice podcast. Here, the hosts of the Lean Into Art podcast explore and encourage you to join us in trying all kinds of different creative activities that help us practice things related to making our art, exploring, growing in our business practice, and even trying things for a healthy lifestyle. We'll talk about what we practiced recently, things we saw in the community, and then we highlight a new idea for us all to practice next. Two minutes is a findable amount of time to try, to try things, right? And I'm Jersey Droz, cartoonist and teaching artist. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, UX designer, interactive maker, and teaching artist. And that stumble you heard me do is proof that we do this live every time for you. <laughs> this isn't a canned <laughs> intro. This is us performing. It's a live performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's the new thing. So, uh, hey, it's time to talk about our practices. Uh, what... What was our practice, Rob? I, I, I said we were making images oh. with tools that we talked ourselves out of using. Do we care to elaborate on that at all? Well, I mean, it's it's an interesting broad brush. It could have been, uh, I mean, it's really any kind of tool. You, you know, from your from your background or experience and for any reason, you set it down. And but you must have some inkling or urge to pick it back up again. I would say is uh, I, part of the assumption I think in the recipe for this uh, for this particular practice. And it could be digital or analog. So it's, it's really a wide open thing. Just I don't know. I am. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what. To, <laughs> curious how how it went for you. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be fun to check in on this because I think we both chose very different tools, uh, and mm. and that I, I like the idea of us modeling this idea of like choosing the tool that we have the fraught relationship with, and <laughs> so if you want me to go first, I'm happy to. Um, well, I, I don't actually I don't want to speak for you. I, I I have not lived your experience, Rob. I don't know if you have a fraught relationship with your tool, but for me, I did. It's it's something where I've I've been giving some verbal cues. Like <laughs> I think I did a like a grunt as if someone's hiding under my desk and punched me. And you know, <laughs> so you you picked up on a cue. I think okay, okay. really accurate. Um, which is cool because I, I like this idea, and I think this is something I got out of this is that it, it let me confront a monster in the closet in a very affordable, emotionally affordable way. Um, so for me, what I chose, and I'll pull up my gallery so we can look at it, is there are these, uh, what are they called? Conte crayons. There they are. Mm. And I've had them in my studio for a long time. My, my wife draws with Conte crayons and with pastels, and she's fantastic with it. She's so good at like capturing texture and color and um and really describing a form through its texture and the way light is interacting with it. It's not something that's come super easy to me. And in the past, I have often, um, I've, I've used the excuse of I'm a cartoonist, not an artist to give me a pass from having to, having to, but from engaging with art tools that are traditionally used in other forms of art, like painting, like, and, and, in my experience with watercolor, which I was dragged into almost kicking and screaming, 
um, I, I, I found up having such a wonderful experience and it, it's helped me level up my comics art in such a way that I never knew possible. I'm like, I bet there's experiences out there with other forms of art that I've never tried because I argued for my limitations, right? So when we came up with this challenge, I immediately thought, okay, I want to work with like, do those big drawings on um, newsprint like you do in art school that I never got to do, like when you do like uh, gesture drawings and things like that. Um, again, it probably would have benefited me to do that when I was younger, but I didn't see the immediate application. Like, what does that lead to to make me a better comic book artist? Oh, you're going to learn how to draw people really good, Jersey. Yeah, well, I could do that on, on this Bristol board over here, you know? I don't need to learn Conte crayons. So that's what I did. I they, they're these these uh, little bits of charcoal, and then but I also knew because this is I am who I am, um, that I probably wasn't going to engage with it unless I gave myself some other like little mini subject to focus on. Like what's what's a creative thing I've been thinking about here and there, but haven't given myself the time to practice it. And anybody who's subscribed to the Lean Into Art podcast or uh, uh, Patreon has gotten this free mini comic called Captain Cat, former Shark Hunter, which was a comic I made about my cats, Lau and Maggie, who are no longer with us. They passed a few years ago. And now I have two new cats, Shenandoah and Martha. And I've been thinking, I'm like, okay, what about kind of fantasy characters they would be based on their personalities, you know? And so I used her as my, my meditation, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to draw Shenandoah and I'm going to try to draw her as a fantasy barbarian character. And I'm going to do it in two minutes. Bursts. So the, the the one that's on screen right now, those are one, two, three, four sessions, two minutes a piece. Like the axe is one session. Her holding the axe and looking down her nose at you is one session. The side shot of her looking cross, you know, sideways at you is one session. And uh, I think the playful nature of my subject matter and the uh, the fact that it was only two minutes made it a pretty joyful experience where I really wasn't expecting any outcome. It, I, I distracted myself from thinking about outcome and I got to ha have the experience instead. Does that make sense? It, well, yeah, I think that's, that's part of the, like one of the biggest features of, of doing this kind of thing saying, I mean, two minutes isn't trying to, to, to break up productivity. It's to, to, to give permission and space to practice and it's okay. Like if what comes out of it is just an experience. And I think that this one was like perfectly suited to me to do what two minute practice is meant to do. So I just, I got to have, I did six sessions. I had 12 minutes of absolute joy in my week, which is great. Mm. Well, I mean, that, that it sounds like there was no downside, right? I mean, so you, you <laughs> got to pick up this, like, so is this, did you, did you reshelve this tool? Say never again. Now, you know, thanks for that vacation, Conte crayons. You're <laughs> uh, well, I think because, okay, if I, if I were to sidestep and compare it to a similar experience and uh, infer promise from that, I would say this felt like when I surrender to the student mindset okay, I'm going to do what the teacher's telling me even though I don't know how this applies to anything else yet because I know that as a teacher, I do that to my students sometimes. I give them activities where they don't see the outcome and what I'm actually training them to do until it all comes together at the end and there's that flash of aha. Um, and I, I, I'm taking a class right now and I'm actually really enjoying getting into that headspace again of like, ooh, I'm feeling anxiety. What's this for? Uh-uh-uh-uh. 
Just stop asking what it's for. Just do what Master Yoda told you to do. And you're going to be moving rocks in the air pretty soon. Just just trust the system. Trust trust the process. So if I were to go back and say, okay, this two-minute practice, I played with these Conte Crants, and I didn't think about objective. I just focused on experience and had a good experience. It could be that that's the beginning of a relationship with this tool. I don't know yet. But I did have an encounter with the monster in the closet and said, oh, you're not so bad. You could kind of be a, 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 a fun fellow to hang out with. Maybe I will later on. I don't see any immediate application, but I wasn't looking for it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I just know that there's a tool that's less scary to me now. That's, that is an interesting outcome. And, and yeah, I just, I, I was curious because I mean, it, it had, it sounds like it had been shelved and set aside. Um, it, it, it's a, in a way, a little bit of an inverse of the tool that I chose to pick up yeah, that I set aside because I know that this is a, like, essentially I tried some 3d modeling tools and fully convinced in, a, um, I believe in the value of, of doing, you know, creating objects in a 3d space and being able to manipulate a camera, manipulate the objects and all that. I mean, there's tons of great uses for it. And I have, I have uh, a few different times in my experience where I've, I've practiced that. It's my, my first, um, first game, uh, project and, and, uh, first company we were, we were working on 3d skills and, you know, to do part of the, the, the art direction that I came up with was a composite of, of 2D uh, characters sort of painted, sort of cartoon on top of 3D scenes, right? Mm. And, you know, trying to, to you know, manage the risk and, and be able to produce a lot of assets quickly and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, you know, the idea of it, right? The, that project had lots of other, you know, quirks and issues, but 3D modeling wasn't one of them. And, um, but at the same time, not really building up a ton of skill to carry on and, and keep it up right with other projects. Um, mm -hmm. like I did a little bit of uh, quake level of creation. I've done a little bit of, um, like helping plan some scenes in, in, in comics with uh, Google sketchup a few years back. Uh, you know, just here and there where it's like, okay, 3d, you're a tool, you're welcome. But there was, I maybe I wonder like a big feelings thing was, um, I, I studied, I would say the most, uh, Caligari true space. Do you remember this app? No, it's been gone a while. Okay. Evidently it was purchased by Microsoft like 10 years ago or so and shelved. Oh um, but it was a, uh, it was an approachable, uh, really approachable 3d app, right? Because I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on that, that when you're developing those tools, like what does something look like you, you from all directions all at once, it's not like drawing. You can, you, if you, if you draw through, you do an underdrawing and give this some feeling of three dimension. That's not the same as really solving everything from every dimension. Um, Although some folks who really, really love and practice uh, like three point perspective drawing, they're getting really close. So mm. big hat tip to that. But, um, anyway, it's not like, so yeah, I, I really appreciate it, but I haven't practiced and I certainly have shelved because, you know, I get the results I want out of overall a 2d drawing process, what have you. But then, you know, I actually happen to have access to a 3d printer and 
Yeah. And, and so there's, I have a little, little more reasons here and there to, to, to do some, some work with 3d. So I have used Tinkercad before, and, and that's, that's like the really good quick way to, to make a 3d thing that I didn't, I didn't pick it for this practice because I've, I, it's like, I didn't really set down Tinkercad. Um, but I have collected a few different apps. So, um, I went back through a few things that I collected on my iPad and I also did an inventory. So one of my practices was a quick inventory of like, gosh, which of these tools do I even want to try? I don't. So I, I did, um, some quick research to remind myself of what's, what's out there. Things like, um, that I did not try almost any of these. I only tried one of them, but, uh, things like the, do you remember Daz studio, right? Mm-mm. So that's a, actually a, 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 a free place. They're, they're a whole marketplace where they sell 3D assets and stuff. Hmm. Um, they've got a few different 3D apps in their sort of umbrella of products. Uh, there's, there's Kinemac, Blender, Clip Studio Paint in 3D mode, um, Clara.io, Vectory, Mesh Mixer, Magica Voxel, and Dust3D. Wow. Of all those. I only really, I only did one 3D practice of Dust 3D because if you, if you, if you look at a little video of it, what have you, it's, it looks pretty darn clever, kind of obtuse, uh, but, but approachably so where it's like, if you just get into this app's headspace, you're probably going to be able to make some rudimentary 3D models, um, you know, pretty quickly. And, uh, so if, yeah, that's, this is, this, that's the app. Um, and it looks like you're, you're pulling up that video, uh, or what have you, but, um, it's, it's like you can use information from a, a drawing to help plan out like volumes of geometry in, you know, one, one portion, one piece at a time. And you can use that in a, um, symmetrical mode. Like if you ever turn on symmetry rulers in a 2d mm-hmm. app or all of a sudden you're doing two different, you know, your, your brushes in four, two to four places at once or what have you, mm-hmm. it can do that kind of thing. Even though like this example you're, you're showing in the video isn't, isn't, uh, um, demonstrating that. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway, it's, it's in super intriguing. And I did, ins- I downloaded it, installed it. Yay. It's open source, but of course it's not signed from a, you know, from a, uh, developer that's recognized by Apple. So then it, you have to get through your security warnings to run it. And that's always a bleh, yuck. I don't feel great about this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. And, and so I did a super broken looking, um, I don't even know what it is. It, it, I did, I made a 3d thing that looks like, I don't know. I, I bent a, a piece of a junkyard anyway. <laughs> um, so I did that. And then, then, um, the one thing I can demo that, uh, so on my iPad, I had a, I have multiple, um, 3d apps because I've, I've had this urge before where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to, um, you know, take a dive through what's out there. And on this approachable tablet device, you, you know, get some practice. Right. And, oh gosh, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm just going to list a couple of things, but a lot of them all require a membership. And I'm like, I'm not doing that for this two minute practice. So then let's see, there's stuff like, Oh, where 
I obviously have too many apps. So there's uh, Shaper 3D. There's You Make SketchUp. Um, <laughs> um, one that's free, but it, but it's uh, so it's Woo We Do. I just I didn't succeed making anything. It's like yeah, I can put a I can put a cube on a screen. <laughs> I don't care. I could draw a cube, you know. Um, so Putty 3D. Wow, whatever I created it was this landscape of grotesque awfulness that I will not put on YouTube. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be like what those algorithms make into kids' videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it looks like it looked. Yeah, horrific because it starts out with like it's and honestly it looked like um like a pink bubble gummy flesh kind of thing mm. and it's like so it's a cool app to play with but after a minute i'm like yuck what did i do <laughs> um <laughs> but then here's one that i succeeded at which is it's called c3d and it's i think it's it's essentially a um oh what is that that uh, in a workshop, the de- the spindle device that lets you, uh, it's a lathe. It's wow. effectively a 3D lathe. Um, so here, I will uh, i will share that. Um, is it there? Here we go. Yep. C3D. Yeah. So here's some default shapes that it comes with. You can see like, oh, it's a, it's a lathe, right? So if you, if you click on one of those um, and, and it's like, it's this, you're, you're, you're doing one half of a symmetry, right? Mm-hmm. And so here, I mean, this is the, the this is the one I made at first, where it's like obviously super hot garbage, but I'm like, oh, I kind of get what it's doing. Um, and let's see, you can you can sort of preview it on the on the left side. Um, here's uh, here's one that I that actually succeeded in in a two minute practice. Mm. It's like a little bowl, right? Yeah. So, um. What I had hoped going into the practice, like, oh, I would like to make a, you know, throw a few planes and a few shapes and ma- make an interesting composition. What if I could play with lighting or texture? That'd be, that'd be a great practice. And nope, mm. that's, this was the most successful practice I did was this little bowl. Um, and, but it is a cool app. I mean, so if you hit new and then you see how you draw, draw the lines, but those aren't connected, but then, you know, you connect them. Oh um, yeah, neat. yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty pretty neat. Where it's just this instantly lathed shape, and there you go. So that Great. was it. Was neat to revisit the utility, but it reminded me that like it's just it's um it's going to take some more effort than than I think I can make happen in two minutes because um, I need some fluency with one of the tools. Where I where I just have a foothold, and then it's like ah, two minutes of exploration could, you know, I could do something with that. Mm. But, yeah, um, I I think too ambitious for this one. So when I was using the Conte crayons, I ran to a similar uh, instance where the first drawing I did, which is, and I'll pull back up my gallery. It was this one. It was the one of just Shenandoah's face. This was me, sort of like learning how the tool interacts with the paper like because i was not fluent with these at all and i still am not right it's like none of these are an actual contour drawing the way you see in an art class right uh but the successive drawings the second one was is right there with uh i'll go back is is shenandoah with the axe holding it up in the air in the middle 
Like that was the second one. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to understand what this tool. Then we get to the one where it's her looking sideways at us. And I was like, now I'm starting to understand what this tool. But then I tried to do a contour right there, that last one, the silhouette. And it's still, I didn't do the contour the way, you know, I've seen them done. This was me sort of like guessing how the tool works. So it was a very clumsy approach. Um, and so there is an element of sort of struggling for fluency with the tool that we're practicing with when, when you, when you take on, I think that's worth noting is that that's a friction that happened to both of us. And I didn't even think about mine until you brought up yours. Um, mm. yeah, so. it's, it's almost like the built in cost of a given practice and mm -hmm. the, even the, the possibility of space of what could even come of a practice. It's very different with, yeah. um, yeah, fluency. Yep. I, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that as being part of the cost, but you're, you're absolutely right. It was, I think that it was, and, and I think about this is in, in terms of like what the difference between when I teach analog drawing and digital drawing is that with, when I'm teaching young, I got like 12 young people in a room and they're all drawing comics. And one of them has a question about how to approach something. If they're drawing on paper, I could say, well, just, move to another panel, doodle someplace else until I can come help you. I'm with this student now. But when we taught digital, we taught Clip Studio Paint. If you don't, if you can't make the tool work, you just can't move forward. You can't go, right? Mm -hmm. Like nothing can happen until you understand what the tool is actually supposed to do. I think there's a higher, it feels to me like there's a greater friction cost when you're, when you switch to uh, a tool that, I, I don't know, is this, is this specific to digital tools? It can't be. Um, but I think I, 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 well, I mean, so like pick the lathe, if you're like, ah, I'm going to show up in a, like there's constraints for every single tool and a certain yep. context and, uh, some amount of, of, uh, not you know, prior knowledge or risk or practice or what yep. have you, like a lathe could hurt you. Like yeah. you don't just want to walk up to it. Right. So it depends. Um, like, yeah, let's see 2d art. Uh, yeah, you 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 probably could um, at, uh, hit something that's just not a, an approachable combination of mm -hmm. um, of media. Yeah, Let's I, see. I, I used to be um, I used to participate in a weekly letterpress lab, and that's another one where it's like there's a procedure that you have to learn before you could even get started. Because if you don't <laughs> know to put the letters in this way and then squeeze them together with these different devices, you just can't make anything. Right? First, you have to learn the procedure, then you can make the thing. So. Yeah, I guess mm. it, it, it is dependent on the tool, not the technology, not the whether it's digital or IRL, right? Mm. Yeah, um, musical in instruments are another good example. Yeah, as well. Yeah, um, I could I could jam a lot better after my first guitar crash course. Okay. And power still... power chords were my friend. <laughs> still are. Not gonna so... lie. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you want to, on that note, do you want to take a break and then come back and, and close with some thinking about like any other thoughts on this practice and what we're going to do next? That sounds awesome. Let's do that. Okay. So that means I should hit the music. So if, if this is helping you to think of, think hard about the work that you're doing and create useful, and it's useful in helping you with your creative work, a way to help the show is to support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lean into art. And another great way you can help the show is to buy the products we make. So the thing I make, if I can pull it up on screen, is Science Comics Rockets, which is 
What is Science Comics Rockets? It's a comics documentary about the history and science of rockets as told by the animals who participated in rocket history. You'll learn how bears and chimps helped us to understand the effects of G-forces, how rats helped advertise fireworks manufacturers, and how one woman saved the American side of the space race with some math and chemistry. You can find an eight-page preview at sciencecomicsrockets.com. It's also available at bookstores everywhere. How about you, Rob? Well, I made a new workshop that just came out fresh this week and it's called listening like a coach for creative and design leaders and so you, you get into this whole thing of coaching and it can apply to a lot of stuff but uh, you know what creative folks could really use um use you know, use some practice and maybe you want to grow as a leader you want to run a team you want to help others grow in in and explore their own things that are blocking them for creative decisions, strategy, products, what have you. Well, because people get stuck in their thinking about creative work for all kinds of different reasons. And we focus on listening like a coach in this because listening works in different ways, depending on your goals as the listener and also the goals of the folks that you're working with. So here you go. This workshop will help you become a more skillful creative and design leader because you can help others navigate their own problems in their projects and career. So this is for anyone who wants to grow professionally in their, their leadership, creative and design practice. And you'll get to, uh, through this, see a real coaching conversation and learn about the different types of listening and also the stages of listening like a coach. And you'll get some resources too and some practice projects to unpack your own experiences to highlight the, the things that are that really work for you when it comes to listening and that you've recognized in others as well. And you can get this workshop, it's only at Skillshare right now. You can go to bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y slash L-L-A-C skill. That's L-L-A-C skill. So listening like a coach is on Skillshare. Bitly slash L-L-A-C skill. There you go. All right. Exciting. New product rollout here on the two-minute practice. Right on. Very cool. Uh, so let's let's reflect on uh, what we want to do next. What are we thinking about? Uh, well, it's 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 so wild the kind of things that come out of these different practices because I'm almost it's it's like we re, we revisited a visual one from a little bit different angle, and then we're we're again getting the impression of as far as the meta and the and the and it's the um just the idea that practice in a way it has some foundational elements to be in a position to practice that particular thing, and uh, so I think next. Next practice, I, I guess I would like to do something that I'm way more prepared to practice <laughs> than even as fun as it was just, you know, failing over and over with 3D apps. Um, and I, I mean that I'm not just, yeah, being, know. you know, sarcasm guy. It's, it's like, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I see the, I'm in, I'm enticed to go level up and practice this. Right. That's cool. I, I'm, I'm glad to have that experience, but I actually, um, I want a different kind of practice <laughs> this, this time around. Okay. So, um, what, what are some things that, um, let's see, I know there's things I've already been practicing, you know, a lot of silhouette kind of drawings. Mm. Uh, what, a, let's see. Could D drawing some silhouettes. That's something that I yeah. don't uh, usually give myself time to do. Um, no? 
No, no. I, 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 I think about silhouetting when I'm doing character design, certainly. And mm-hmm. I'm actually in the middle of doing some character designs right now for like a, a reboot of Amazon Academy with Dan Michigan. And I'm thinking a, a lot about like, okay, how does that silhouette strike? But I'm not actually drawing the silhouette. It's more like I take the drawing and then I fill it with color and then I squint at it. And I'm like, okay, what am I seeing there? Um, but the actual act of drawing. That's okay. it, oh, so sure. you've muted a, you've muted a detailed drawing into a silhouette form. I think that still counts, but sure. Yeah. But, but like the, the actual drawing of the silhouettes themselves is a, is a means of just like exploring, like how do I express body language and how do mm-hmm. I express design language on a character? Um, I can say that's something I haven't been thoughtfully engaged with in a long time. Um, so I, I'm game. All right. Well, that, that's an easy, easy sell for me. Um, cause yeah, either for characters or landscapes and scenes and stuff, it's yeah, silhouettes are a fun way to, to play with composition. So mm. it's making shapes in different ways and you don't, it, again, this works digitally or analog. Um, you know, digitally you get the advantage of potentially using layers to, um, to boost you along, but you can, well, I mean, gosh, then again, you could always use a light board and, uh, different sheets of paper. So I, I was just about to suggest that like choose, choose your tools, right? You could use, you could do this with fabric, right? Like if you've got a bunch of like fabric around the place, you could cut out silhouettes, right? Uh, you could do this with construction paper. You could do this with Right. What? Why, why are you looking? Thoughtful? Yeah, you're right. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> you're, this. Yeah, there's. Oh, that's really cool. Could do silhouettes with uh, with paper even. That is. Yeah, I love it. This is. I didn't expect to get excited. This I already <laughs> I'm already sold. I like silhouettes. You don't got <laughs> I, I, I already bought a subscription. So um, I don't know if, the, if there's something funny about the way my brain works but like the first thing i thought of is like oh this would be a way for me to learn get a little bit of explicit data about the way i create body language i'm Mm. thinking i'm gonna draw a character running i'm gonna draw a character shrugging i'm gonna draw a character eating spaghetti and i'm gonna see what i do in a very clear way by turning it into a silhouette when i'm done rather than getting focused on all those details about why i gotta get the fabric folds right after all you know um Mm. I think it'll it'd be a great way to step back and sort of like take a look at myself from the outside as uh, a visual storyteller. Hmm. So, I, I, that so seems like silhouettes in action. Silhouettes is... in action is like right where hmm. my brain went. Like, okay, what's what's the constraint I can build around it so that I have a focused activity <laughs> that still still does the assignment, right? Yeah, really healthy to to set up enough context around the practice. I love it. Yeah. So. Um, Wow. So is there anything that we're worried about with doing this? Any, any ways this can go wrong? We're talking about a visual exercise. So, I mean, Leon Tart is a visual storytelling show. Um, are there any barriers to access that we can infer from this? Um, you could do this on the back of a, of a fast food bag, right? A napkin. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do Yeah, that. I mean, materials are fairly acquirable, right? It just, mm-hmm. um, you know, some trade-offs with... You know, if you're using like hard materials and sharp stuff and only two minutes, that may be Mm. a thing. Yep. So it may take stages, right? So um, like if you want to, because you could honestly make different silhouettes out of uh, the same shapes. You could cut out um, like, uh, like a 
I don't know, a quadruped and a biped out of something, right? Uh-huh. And do different things with with their, them in as as far as like paper bones or cardboard bones, right? But you want to uh-huh. make sure you have, you know, time to cut that well and not or well enough and not, you know, be be aggressive with sharpie sharp things. Yeah, that's right. We don't want to hurry with our scissors for sure. Yeah. Don't run with scissors. Uh, but I also like that idea that there's another interpretation you could take is like, what if you cut out some sort of like base shapes? These are your primary shapes. And now you got two minutes to rearrange them in as many ways as you can to make things out of them. Right. And mm-hmm. snap a quick picture, share it in the Leonard discord. And then we can all react to, cause I'm, I'm, I'm hungry to hear everybody else's experiences with two minute practice. We can't be the only ones who are thinking hard about this stuff. So, I think I think we've got something to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I this is cool. Thanks so much. I I I don't know why I get so surprised so easily, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm stoked about the silhouettes uh, practice too and different interpretations. So this will be fun to see what ends up happening. Which right. uh, yeah. All right. So thanks, Rob. Well, thank you, Jersey. And let's. Try making silhouettes and remember that two minutes is a findable amount of time. Play along with our chosen practice or hack it. Create your own. We get really excited about people hacking the challenges and choose your practice, set a timer. And then, you know, if you really want to get to like expert level, comment and share in the Lean Into Art Discord, which you can get to at leanintoart.com discord and share in the challenges quests channel. And we'll be back with another two minute practice in two weeks. Anything else? Uh, well, and don't forget, you can get get uh, get to watch the new Listening Like a Coach workshop by going to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash L-L-A-C skill. Thanks for watching. I've been Jersey Droz of LeanIntoArt.com and Jersey Droz on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of LeanIntoArt.com and I'm on Instagram as Rob Stenzinger. Okay, bye.